is a glorious Sunday, right? Thirty-four, <laughs> uh, twenty-four. Um, about uh, <clears throat> hey, the kickoff was about exactly, exactly twenty-four hours ago, guys. Yeah, uh, a lot has occurred in those last twenty-four hours. Amen. Uh, the Longhorns defeated Alabama thirty-four, twenty-four in Tuscaloosa. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian got the, the monkey off his back a little bit on big games. Um, the Longhorns uh, are now ranked in the top four. They're ranked number four overall in the AP poll. Rod and Jerry, first time they've been ranked this high since 2009. And I think that's... 2000. We talked about the 15-year yep. run and where they could be since 2009. Jerry? It's since those, those two big wins over Oklahoma. I mean, that those... This was the biggest win since those wins over Oklahoma. Um, the 08 game, the amazing one there, the comeback, then running the ball to win that game late, it reminded me of this game. Um, by the way, in the last 24 hours, you know one thing that's only one thing that happened? <clears throat> Alabama got in the red zone one time in 24 hours. <laughs> okay, one wow. trip in the red zone in 24 wow. hours. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't hey they haven't been in the red zone today either so um one time in 24 hours but yeah look it's all everything's in front of this team now look you, that game to me it takes you from having a chance to have a very good season to now you have the possibility to have a great season yeah. that's what that win did last night it, mm -hmm. that's what's now in front of this team i mean bottom line and now they have to go respond and uh you know be young professionals and uh, do it week in week out and like rod says i think rod made a great point um last night is that texas has been planning for this one for a while now it's week to week planning the rest of the season and, and these this is where preparation is really big uh for the kids right on a week to week basis right rod stay yep. because i mean you saw the scene when they got back last night on social media right unbelievable party. oh yeah party Yep. Now you got to refocus. Yep. There's two Monday elements to it. Through Friday, perform on Saturday. It's all yep. in front of them. Yep. It's two elements to that. Not only because, like I said, we know they're well prepared and you got to give them a lot of credit because they executed out there. They out executed Bama in Tuscaloosa and straight up. They didn't just beat Alabama. They were a better team than Alabama. Yes. That must be said. They didn't just beat them. And you can, you can always just beat a team. And then, you know, any given Saturday, any given Sunday, you have a good game, they have a bad game, things like that happen. This wasn't the case. And the truth is, even though they did beat them by, you know, uh, double digits, they pro it should have been worse. It should have been worse because Texas actually had some moments. I really watched the game where, man, multiple times uh, they could have had a chance to put points on the board and kind of blow Bama out early. Like it, it actually could have been that type of game. I'm glad it wasn't. I'm actually glad it. I'm glad Dexter didn't right. get up 21 to three or whatever it was early on. And I'll tell you why, because all the guys who, not all the guys, a lot of the guys that made plays in this game, they saw adversity early in the game. And I loved it. I loved it. JT Sanders, remember he had the incompletion slash, might have been a fumble early on, um, but did not, that didn't distract him, right? Came back and had the game of his life. Um, AD Mitchell actually had one of those plays too. We had to reverse, put the ball on the ground. I kept saying to myself, oh man, these are plays usually that go against Texas. They go against Texas, but you know, they didn't go against Texas in this game. And yet AD Mitchell came back, battled back, had a hell of a game. We saw Jaron Thompson get beat in the game, come back, 
make an interception in the game. Uh, you know, Jade Barron actually had a play like that where he blitzed early on, lost contain. Jalen Miro gets the big gain. I think it was a first down. They blitzed him off the corner. He lost contain on the edge, came back, gets the pick. I was watching all these individual guys. I remember those moments where you're going to face adversity, but you got to find a way to fight back and you got to find a way to overcome that adversity. They saw it early on in the game. Um, and then they saw those guys overcome it. And I even even the fumble, right? Uh, the, the Quinn, remember the fourth and two, fourth and one where they try to, the, I don't know what the hell that was. That looked like a, that, <laughs> I thought it was going to be the bush push, Dude, but it yeah. almost. It almost looked like right. Sanders was trying to take the ball. I think you're right. Maybe that's what they were trying to execute was the the, the, the the tush push that the Eagles do. It was ugly. It was ugly. Um, but this group battled back. You know, Jay, Jay, Jonathan Brooks made a play and came back. And, hell, they might even play the game when you think about it, honestly. Um, and, and was able to keep the drive going. I just – when you went, when I went back and rewatched it, I saw the little times where they faced adversity and guys battled back. So now looking back, I I love the way it played out. I'm glad yeah. that 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 Bama put them down at one point and they had to they had to answer, they had to respond. And what was it a four play response? I don't. It didn't take very long. Three play, um, seventy five yard drive. Yeah, wow. this team has substance, guys. There's substance to this team. That's hey, Rod, Rod, I I love what you're saying because yeah. this is what we were talking about last night a little bit, um, Rod. And that's that Texas, uh, they did not play a clean first half at all. I mean, not only you mentioned A.D. Mitchell, Xavier Worthy's drop. Then you come back and you even talk, uh, Jalen Ford kind of batted an interception, right? Mm -hmm. He came back, had a good solid second half. Um, Ethan Burke let a zone read outside of him in the first quarter. Didn't let that happen again. You know, stayed at home. Jalen Cameron missed that tackle early on. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of those guys – so, okay, we were in position to make plays, but we didn't make them. Now we've got to make them, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's where this went. All right, we've got some a little bit more news. We're going to talk more about the Alabama game. Uh, we're also going to take Books' questions uh, tonight as well. Uh, Jerry Rod. Uh, i got to hit one off the bat. Somebody on the comment saying Cedric Baxter slow and not good. I'm not going to – we don't need to bring it up. We don't need to bring that up, but I, you, you couldn't be more wrong. Um, yeah, I – I mean, oh. hey, you might want to listen to Steve Sarkeesian. Steve Sarkeesian says, we think this guy's going to be a great player. Maybe you might want to listen to Sark on that. <laughs> I saw Jerry with the with the head fake, the head kind of – he did the dog where he goes, <laughs> your, your dog goes like that. I wanted, to make sure right, I, hey, hey. I wanted to make sure I was reading it correctly. Oh, okay, I got you. Hey, hey, don't, hey mistake a, don't mistake a patient running back for a slow running back. Well said. Difference. Well said. Yeah. Hey, a couple other things to go over. Jerry, you put in a uh, RPM pick uh, earlier today for wide receiver Ryan Wingo out of St. Louis University High School up in Missouri. Uh, He has got uh, scholarship offers from around the country, Georgia, Tennessee, Michigan, Ohio. I mean, everywhere. Uh, It's basically down, it sounds like, to Texas, uh, Missouri, and potentially Tennessee. And he's visiting Texas this coming weekend. You went ahead and put in an RPM pick today. Uh, I've got that that I want to talk to you about. And then you also talked to Solomon Williams, yeah. the defensive end out of Tampa. And you were able to talk about who he's talked to in just the last 24, 48 hours as well. Yeah, Ryan Wingo um, is visiting this this weekend for the uh, Wyoming game. Um, I, I think Texas is in a good spot for Ryan Wingo. I think Missouri is your competition. Missouri uh, kind of squeaked by Middle Tennessee last week, the week, uh, week after Alabama beat them 56-7. to seven. Um, but uh, I think Sarkeesian's done a really good job with this recruitment. I think Chris jo- uh, Chris Jackson has 
flowed into this recruitment, so to speak. I think Arch Manning's flowed into this recruitment. Uh, I think that uh, what Wingo saw last night uh, from the receivers is what Sarkeesian's been selling these guys on since he was hired at Texas. Now he's actually got playmakers in multiple positions, so you're starting to see the plan come together on offense. I mean, you got playmakers, two what playmakers at wideout, playmaker at tight end. And I'm not saying Winnington's not a playmaker, but Worthy, A.D. Mitchell, and Sanders are next-level playmakers. Uh, so you're starting to see this field open up. You're starting to see guys, multiple guys with targets and touchdowns all over the field at all levels of the field. You can have a guy like Worthy who can stop and start and make something after the catch. You have A.D. Mitchell who's making plays down the field on 50-50 balls, scoring touchdowns. Uh, so I think Texas is in a good spot for Wingo. Um, I think Tennessee is running third, but I think they're a distant third right now. Uh, on Solomon Williams, uh, you know, he talked to uh, Jacquez Smith, which is interesting, who Texas hired in the summer, who's a D-line pass rush game guy, trainer up in Dallas that works with Colin Simmons. He's now part of the Texas program. He's teaching pass rush. Um, and so he's become part of the recruiting process of Solomon Williams. Solomon said he talked to him and PK and Sark last week, talked to Sark Friday, uh, talked to PK Saturday before the game. They just told him how much they want him to be at Texas. Uh, and it was interesting that Jacquez Smith kind of said, we're going after the freshman left tackle. This is our game plan. Watch us execute it. And they did. And I think that always impresses a recruit when a coaching staff ahead of time says, watch this. This is what we're going to do. And it comes to fruition. I think that's a great point. Hey, Hill had himself a game. <laughs> hey, Jerry, yeah. I, I mentioned back to back to Wingo size. All all of these receivers that Texas is going after right now have good size. Yes, I mean Parker Livingstone's a big guy. Freddie Debose, big guy. Ryan Wingo, six one and a half, six two, two hundred and five pounds, and they they can still run. Yeah, no I doubt. Mean, are, you, are, are you feeling that they're going after bigger receivers right now? Yes. I mean, you're, yes. They're going to have to replace Xavier Worthy. I guess that's with Jontae Cook next year. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And I think what's happening, I think what you're seeing too, Bobby, is they like DeAndre Moore and they like Ryan Niblett in the slot. Mm -hmm. The two young slot receivers, Niblett was doing backflips after the game last night at Brian Denny, by the way. <laughs> there was a video of it. Of course, he can't do anything without doing a backflip. Um, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a springy dude now. Um, but they like the two young slot receivers. I think that plays in the recruiting here. You know you're going to lose, probably lose um, Worthy and Mitchell after this year. You got to replace some of that size, some of that playmaking, uh, and I think that's you know Freddie Dubose, Parker Livingstone, a little bit bigger body guys. Ryan Wingo obviously is the best body of all, um, and we'll see. I mean, you know, I, I, I spoke with KJ Lacey briefly right before he came on air. Uh, he, they were, his family was on their way back to Mobile, and he sat next to Ryan Williams. Antonio Coleman, the D lineman at Saraland, and Terry Bussey um, as well. And uh, it was kind of hard to uh, for him to get a feel for Terry Bussey. I think Terry Bussey was headed to AM, uh, obviously, before this official visit. But, you know, I'm not sitting here saying AM is going to start a decommitment train, but they're not done losing. Wow. Yeah. I, I, look, I think it's interesting right now. Te Texas uh, in a situation in recruiting where, you know, they got off to a good start, but it wasn't an overwhelming one. Brandon Baker announces on uh, September 24th. We think Kobe Black is narrowing in on a decision. He's a corner out of Waco, uh, Conley. And then you also have uh, Ryan Wingo that we just mentioned, as well as multiple others. 
that the Longhorns could be after. Uh, also uh, of note, Wyoming, uh, the Longhorns' next opponent, uh, they beat Portland State 31-17 on Saturday. Uh, Portland State the previous week had lost big. Jerry, what was the final score of that one? 81-7, high school girls basketball score. <laughs> so, Portland State had lost the previous week to, to Oregon, 81-7. This That's week, funny. Wyoming beats Portland State 31-17. They did, Wyoming did have control of the game throughout, uh, scored the thir- first 13, or 14 points of the game uh, and had it in hand. So we'll see what happens. Uh, they they are the what stands in the way of Texas being 3-0 and this time next week when we're back here again. Uh, Rod, I, I want to go to you real quick um, and talk to you about the game a little bit and your thoughts in, in a little bit further on that, adver- a little bit further beyond the adversity topic. And what I want to ask you about really is Quinn Ewers and what you saw in his development. And do you think this is replicable uh, going forward for him? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, and we've talked about this, right? We've talked about the fact that he hasn't had, you know, much time in this system, right? He just got into the system last season and that was on top of him being, you know, a new student at a new school with a new team, learning his personnel, uh, learning how to, you know, become a vocal leader. He's also talked about how that's challenging for him. That's not natural for him uh, at the quarterback position. That's something that, you know, you can't, you really can't avoid. Uh, you got to be a natural vocal leader. We saw that last night. Uh, we saw him become a vocal leader. We saw that fire out of Quinn Ewers. People seem to look at Quinn Ewers that he's kind of, you know, that, uh, you know, he's a little lackadaisical at times and he doesn't seem very, you know, enthusiastic. They want to see that fire from Quinn Ewers. Uh, we saw that fire from him last night. Uh, I thought it was important to, you know, see that confidence in him. Uh, and that's what I think Sark's game plan did. It infused him with confidence early on. You know, those quick, easy throws early on. I thought that it was a masterful game plan by Sark. I, I haven't seen Sark call a better game since he's been here at Texas. Maybe called a better game at Alabama. Um, I, I don't think he could have, you know, done a better job, honestly. When I went back and watched it, it was a beautiful game plan. I mean, it really was. It was a thing of beauty. Uh, just go look at the first down passing rate, right? Um, I mean, he basically, he basically was over 70% first down passing rate in this game. So in Alabama, Texas, Texas passed over 70% of the time on first down. Yes, they were it's over a 70% down first down pass rate, man. They were, it, it to me, uh, that was Sark, you know, trying to break a little bit of tendency on first down. Um, nobody really throws it that much on first down. I mean, some teams do, but not Sark. Sark is a guy that wants to run the football. He's known for running the football. And Saban knows that too. And usually a lot of his RPOs, um, you know, that's something also that Sark could have ran on first down. But you really didn't see that. He actually opened up the passing game on first down. And he did a lot of it with 12 personnel, something else too. So he was giving a lot of clues and hints to Saban and Kevin Steele that he was going to run the football, right? Uh, first down, that's the running down usually, right? So teams like to run the ball on first down, start through it. They have 70 plus percent of the time on first down. 12 personnel, that's a heavy personnel, one back, two tight ends. Usually that signals, all right, you know, heavy personnel, they're going to run, but not for Sark necessarily. He actually threw the ball. They, their pass rate in 12 personnel was close to 50% uh, out of 12 personnel. If you go look at Sark the last two years, uh, he's about 30, 31%. Uh, pass rate out of 12 personnel maybe last year and that was a little bit higher but he doesn't throw half the time out of 12 personnel uh in this game he did 
Um, and you got big chunk yardage plays out of your 12 personnel, one back, two tight end sets. Because I think for Bama, they were, and I got to go back and see how many of those were accompanied with play action pass. But I bet a lot of them were with play action pass fakes too, to also give another clue or a hint that it's going to be a run. And I, there were a lot of times where Alabama guys just bit on the run. One of those big JT Sanders uh, receptions you talked about last night, Bobby, you had three guys. Alabama all biting on essentially a play fake to Cedric Baxter and then Cedric Baxter out in the flat. Uh, Sark had there had all the guys' eyes occupied, like the underneath defenders. Their eyes were constantly occupied with pre-snap motion with the thought that it was going to be the run. And he did a great job with just getting Quinn Ewers in a groove um, and keeping Bama off balance constantly on defense. They never knew what was coming. They never knew what was coming. They never really had a bead on it. And Sark made sure of that by the way he changed the play call. And he did not abandon the run. He still ran the football, especially later on in the game to seal the game. Um, but there was no doubt about it. He knew Quinn Ewers had to, had to play well for him to win this game. And that's why he was all about getting Quinn Ewers in the group. Hey, Rod, I'm going to stick with you here. And this one's from Chris Gamble. Um, we're going to go ahead and start taking some questions. Get Feel free to get your questions in. we I got about 45 minutes here. different answers on this, by the way, which is what? why I wanted this question brought up. Go for it, Jerry. What would you say? I'm sorry. I think we're all three going to have different answers on this, which is what makes it a great question. Hmm. What were the two most important plays to you last night, Rod? You want oh, me yeah. to go since I'm thinking of yeah, it? Go yeah, go for it. Yeah, You've you been thinking good, ahead though. of it. Yeah. Illegal lineman downfield on Jalen Ford's tip ball, which – which negated a t- tip ball touchdown at the end of the half. That would have been devastating. That's yeah. good. Yeah. That that was a huge play. I agree, Jerry. That's good. Um, and 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 I'll tell I'll tell you what the other one was for me. Uh, it it was the uh, it was the deep ball to Worthy for Just the to get it started. I, I was in the stadium last night, guys. Yeah. The the ball game changed when that happened. Mm-hmm. It was a oh, it's Texas here. They they run some nice cute plays out in the flats up to this point, but we're going to take care of that. You know, we're Alabama. We'll, we got guys that can go tackle in space. That's, that's kind of Nick Saban's MO to be fair. Right. When they hit that play, you know, the momentum, the idea that Texas could do some things that they hadn't done so far this season. And they really didn't do well last year. It was, it was interesting. Uh, All right, Jerry, uh, I'm going to go with mine too. My two, Uh, I've written them down here. I think that the biggest play of the uh, – I want to say the biggest play of the game was Jaron Thompson's interception. Um, and I, I I really believe that because Texas scored the very next play. Texas scored 14 points in three plays. Yep, that was big. I mean, you just – you don't do that, you know. And um, so I, I thought that was big. And it's not like it was a superhuman play. I'm not saying anything like that. But when that hit – Texas had the ball and the lead and then scored immediately. That was that big, that was another one. The other play that mm-hmm. I think that I mean, frankly, we can talk about the, the pitch and catch to AD Mitchell uh in, in the end zone. But the one that I go back to seven play. minutes left in the game, third and seven or eight, and Jonathan Brooks splits the middle of the defense. Hello, counter on him. For, uh, for a first down on third and seven. Sark was getting baited into throwing the ball. Nick Saban was begging him to. He'd already used two of his timeouts. Texas converts on third and seven or whatever it was. Give me a break. I, I thought those two, that sealed the game, obviously. I know there were other games, more or plays perhaps more impactful. But from my vantage point, 
that allowed Sark to do what he really wanted to do, which is to run out the clock and, you know, and yeah. run it when he needed to run it. Go ahead, Rod. What, what are your two, bud? No, I think Jerry hit the nail on the head with that ineligible man downfield. That was huge, man. Cause they got the ball. They were getting the ball back um, after half. And that was big because they, you know, they were, it was crazy. Like, and they got into that kind of two minute mode, man. They were moving the football downfield. I started to think, oh man, maybe they got some, maybe they found something spreading them out and just letting Jalen Miro be an agent of chaos out there. Uh, and I think it was, oh man, it was a huge gut punch. When they scored, I remember thinking to myself, damn, yep. here we go again. And then, oh man, all the energy, all of that momentum they got was just sucked away. So I think I'm, I'm with Jerry on that. That was big. And uh, I'll go with you, man. Jaron Thompson's interception, because it was just, I, it, it, uh, to me, it was so unexpected because even I think Jaron Thompson was he was a little shocked by it. Uh, Drew brought it up last night, and it was true. I went back and watched it. That was a two man route. I mean, that, it, they were doing kind of a match protection thing, and there was no reason for Jalen Miro to really rush it at that time. He and I don't know what he was looking at because Jaron Thompson was sitting there as a as a free hole player, and he just was watching the quarterback's eyes. Jalen Miro didn't see him through it right to him. And you're right. After that, I started to I don't want to get cocky and arrogant, but I started to think Texas gonna win this damn thing. <laughs> I just, and I, didn't, I never wanted to say it out loud, Bobby. I just started to say it to myself, I was like, Texas is going to win this damn thing. they about to win it. After that, because I was like, they're going to score a touchdown here. And then they're going up double digits. They just got to seal it. Uh, and I was like, Bama, Bama doesn't have an offense to really go score quickly. You know, they can throw it deep, but that was really the only thing they had working. That scared me, that deep ball, because Jalen Murrow's got a nice deep ball. His deep ball is, it's it's a nice one. Yeah. It carries. It does. It carries and it has the right arc. Hey, I need to say I need to say thank you to our sponsor, if you guys don't mind real quick, and then we'll get to everybody's questions. Uh, on Texas Football, the Sunday night live stream is brought to you by the folks at the Cross Oak Group. Cross Oak is one of the leading government affairs firms in Texas, specializing in lobbying, political communications, business development, and regulatory compliance. These days, government finds its way to impact nearly every aspect of your business. Uh with decades of experience, excuse me, ranging from the state house to the White House, Cross Oak Group helps its clients hedge risk and protect and grow their bottom lines. To learn more, go to www.crossoakgroup.com. That's www.crossoakgroup.com. All right, uh, you guys ready for some questions? Hey, Bobby, let me hit one thing. We've had like seven yeah. questions on Ryan Williams, the 2025 receiver at Sarah Land. <clears throat> It, there's some talk that some people have talked to him and said he wants to visit Texas. That stuff, I, I kind of reported on that from this summer when I was at Sarah Land. Um, he visited LSU this summer. He's been to some other places. Uh, look, here's the thing to remember about the recruitment. He's a 2025. He's working to reclassify to 2024. This recruitment will play out a while, and it'll be a real battle there um, and see if he gets that 2024 reclassification uh, done right now that's his plan uh but it you know look he had said in june he wanted to visit texas so that's not really anything new i talked to kj lacy like i said a few minutes before he came on air he doesn't have a visit scheduled to texas right now kj is going to get to texas during the season and when kj's visit date comes out if ryan williams is going to visit texas it'll probably be the same weekend kj lacy does all right oh, uh, another real quick thing uh just a correction when i said 70 plus percent uh, pass rate on first down for Texas. It was in the first three quarters throughout the entire game. It drops down to like six, 67, 68% because they were sealing the game in the fourth quarter. But the first three quarters, Sark was dialing it up on first down, throwing the ball a lot, a ton. 
Good yeah. stuff, Rod. I, I think people understand that. That's a really good good uh, note, by the way. All right. Uh, Scott Russell with a super chat here. Would love to see Ian and Rod do a football theory video this week where they rewatch the Bama game and talk about the schemes in real time. Would be awesome to simulcast with our own rewatches. Uh, that's an interesting idea. I, we don't have – we can't actually no. uh, use the video from post games. That's copyrighted by the folks – Good folks at ESPN, Fox, mm-hmm. those types. Yeah. Uh, but look, Rod, yours, yours and uh, uh, Ian's football theory has, has been a great addition. Uh, Jerry, you guys do the talking ball on Friday, or excuse me, on Monday. Do the QB room on on uh, Friday as well. Y'all, y'all make sure y'all tune in for those because they're really, really good stuff, in my opinion, uh, from Rod and, and the guys. Uh, hey, Jerry, you want to hear a surprising stat real quick? Well, and we'll get the recruiting. I was just looking at the Texas Bama box score from last year. Okay. Bijan and Roshan, 26 combined rushing attempts for 73 yards. Bijan had 2.7 yards per pop. Roshan, 3.2 last year. Um, Texas on the ground this year at Bama. They did a little better. Yeah, more productive for sure. Pretty pretty interesting stat. Now, some of that was late, but it's like Sark said, we ran – being able to run the ball when you want to run the ball was the key. Yep. Hey, Jerry, tell, tell folks where you think recruiting is headed now because that's been a big topic. Everybody on the board's asking about it at Inside Texas. Uh, where where is recruiting going to pick up now? Oh, yeah. I, well, I think the Hayes pretty much in the barn on 24s. They're in on the same guys. If people are expecting, but doesn't it help them with the 24s that are still out there? I think it helps them, but I was gonna, I wanted to get to this point though. It helps more in 25 and 26, it helps more with the younger kids. Look, I mean, Brandon Baker, does it help? It might help a little bit, but that's already a year of recruiting, right? Um, does it help with Wingo? It might help a little bit, it doesn't hurt. Um, but is it, I think some Texas fans are suddenly expecting a class of 26 players and all these kids are gonna flip. It's not. I don't think it's going to work that way. I think Texas would love to flip a DB, Corey Gibson or Wardell Mack. I mean, they would love if they get Kobe Black to add another corner uh, star type of player to that class. Uh, but I think if uh, people think Texas is start pancake flipping guys right and left, I don't think that's going to happen because Texas has to. They have to manage high school recruiting and portal recruiting, and that's just something to remember. I almost wonder, Bobby. The instant impact from this win doesn't help you more in the portal than it does high school recruiting. I, I, I could not agree more because those guys are – they're looking to go to a team that can compete tomorrow. That's right. They're not uh, – building for a high for a portal guy, what, is, what does that mean? They want to go to the NFL. Bobby, Rod, okay. think if, if you were a college receiver watching that game last night and you say, ooh, A.D. Mitchell and Xavier Worthy, they're out of here. They're going to pray. Jatavian Sanders, if you're a tight end, he's going pro. That looks like a pretty inviting place to be right now. It's a nice offense to play in. The yeah. offense itself is very attractive. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's go to this one, guys. Uh, thanks uh, for the question here, Rudy. Uh, saw Catalan wasn't playing every city series. This is true. Uh, is that strategy to preserve his health? I don't – I think it has to be because he played late. Yep. Rod and Jerry – He's led the team in tackles. Yeah, and they play they play more guys than I thought. I mean, I saw Gavin Holmes out there and Malik Muhammad out there. I mean, I told you, hey, you ain't gonna play guys versus Bama you don't trust. That's right. Uh, and I saw more guys out there than I thought I'd see, truth be told, on the defensive front and in the defensive backfield. You saw Keaton Crawford, he was out there a lot making plays. So 
I mean, this coaching staff, they're trying to build depth. They want to, they want to build depth that can actually help them in, in, in big 12 play when actually, you know, some injuries, I mean, knock on some wood here, uh, injuries may occur at crucial positions that it won't be something that derails the season because these guys are inexperienced or, you know, they're not ready to play. So they play, they play way more guys than I thought too. So I don't know if it's that I'm sure that is part of making sure Jalen Catalan has some, you know, sustainability and durability, but I also think it's, they're just manufacturing depth. They, they really believe they got this much depth. They just went to Tuscaloosa and beat Bama and should have beat them by a lot more. So they believe they got some depth guys. All right. I'm Bobby Burton. Uh, this is Rod Babers and Jerry Hamilton inside Texas on Texas football. Uh, we're going a little bit early today for the live stream for you. Cowboys fans out there, uh, the Cowboys kick off at 7:20. Jerry, uh, Rod, and myself were thinking today. Uh, don't we think we should probably try to get the live stream in before the Cowboys kick off? Oh so, yeah. So Longhorn fans can enjoy <laughs> both things tonight, uh, and so that's what we're doing here. Uh, we appreciate you guys joining us, uh, Jerry. I'm going to go to you with this next question, Bud. Most of Richard McCleary is the most surprising stat that's of the game. Texas five sacks, Bama zero. Absolutely 100% because this was an offensive line game for Texas. The only way you score 34 points at Alabama and rack up almost 460 yards and your quarterback, the only grass stain he has is because he was diving forward, not getting hit and knocked backwards as if your offensive line controls the game. They, they, they had to play a great game and they played a very good game. And that honestly, guys, that changed my expectations for this season. They really did. Yep. And Sark did a great job of playing, calling a game plan that put all the all the offensive linemen and his quarterback in a position to be successful. Yep. A quick game, getting the screen game, getting the ball, the RPO game, getting the ball out of his hands really quickly. And that does help Pat that insulates the pass protection, if you will. Move the line, move the line of scrimmage a little bit at times, yes. right? Yes. Kept he, them off he balance. Kept Alabama off balance. And and they did it rotating players. They yeah. did it rotating on the offensive line. Yeah, and, and and also, guys, I went back and rewatched it. Honestly, guys, I counted like four missed sacks. I mean, they they could have. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I counted at least four of them just in my notes. They they probably could have had six, seven sacks. Honestly, truth be yep. told, Jalen Milrose just so damn athletic. You got to give him credit for just being, you know, a, well, a hey, quarterback. Hey, in the NFL, they had more sacks than four or than five. Yeah, because in the NFL, if you can't, if you get the quarterback behind the line of scrimmage. There were Ethan Burke, in my opinion, should have been credited for two sacks last I night. I agree with that. They yeah. only gave him one because yep. Milro had started to go forward a little bit. He was still kind of in the pocket, but they called it a tackle for loss. And 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 Milro, when the contact was made, had not even tucked the ball. I, it kind of, uh, you know. Anyways, I, I, we could talk about the stats, but was it the most one? Was it the biggest one? Uh, yes, absolutely. Bo says, I can see the change in you, Jerry. Jerry's becoming a believer right now, Rod. This is, he's born again. <laughs> Offensive line lack of physicality last week got to me a little bit. And obviously it got the Sark in the press conference too. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 I, I did not like that. Um, but that, that was uh, awesome to see Saturday match physicality. Somebody asked about Brandon Baker. I think they got in late. He's announcing on September 24th. I, I he may have released his top five. I'm not uh, uh, today. I, I didn't even pay much attention. It's going to be Texas versus whoever the final two is. Uh, the other w- school is whether it be Ohio State or Oregon. There's some differing opinions there. He's visiting Nebraska this weekend, which should be kind of an interesting game to be at after last weekend's 
debacle in Boulder um, where they have four first-half turnovers. Uh, but I think Texas is in a pretty good spot for Brandon Baker uh, two weeks out from his decision. Hey, Jerry, this one from Ted Apari. Uh, how are we doing with DeCorian Moore now? The receiver out of Duncanville that committed to LSU kind of out of, a, out of the blue, the 2025 from Duncanville, uh, he he rethinking things maybe or yeah we'll see I mean early. I'm pretty sure he was in Baton Rouge watching LSU score 72 last night so he didn't you know these things take time to play out uh, obviously Texas will the, these kids never stop communicating though uh, they don't stop communicating with other staffs um, things will have to play out a little bit but Texas won't give up on a talent like the Corian Moore especially whose mom's from Austin there's family that went to the University of Texas in there. And the one thing I'll say about the Corian Moore, if that's the way, if that's his only commitment and he ends up signing with LSU, I'd be shocked. That's not the way most five stars commit and in their recruiting process. Hey, Jerry, real quick, what high school is Solomon Williams at in Tampa? Kevin Todd and his son want to maybe go check him out. They're going down there next week. Carrollwood Day. Carrollwood Day. Hi. Okay, got it. Uh, Jay Reed here, guys, has a horns up, baby. Uh, super yeah. chat. Thank you, Jay Reed. Uh, hey, did anybody hear this? Because I was not listening. We were doing a live stream, Jerry. Rod, did you hear this by chance? Damian Jay says, Bama fans on game day deserve to be humiliated after chanting DUI during Sark's interview. I, I did not did hear, that. hear that. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't. But I, I didn't, didn't listen to the interview either. So I don't know. I didn't hear Bob, that. Uh, Bobby, we were doing a live stream when that interview happened. So I, wow. I, I didn't. I didn't hear. Somebody's yeah. asking if Sadir Mitchell played. I do believe Sadir got in that game. Really, I didn't see him. I did not see him. Did but I say he could have. Uh, I'm not sure. I got to go back and check. I got to go back and check because I haven't done. I haven't finished tracking the game and charting it just yet. Hey, Rod, you and Jerry, on this, this is a great question because I mentioned it last night. With the emergence of Ethan Burke and Anthony Hill, do you think that is worth two extra wins this season? I don't know about two extra when you're predicting mm -hmm. ten and two. Yeah, but I will tell you this much: Texas has a future at Edge. Well, I think, I think put that in writing right now. I think if you're predicting ten and two, they just got one last night, so yeah. you only got one left. Yeah, that's true. Because that's they had four, true. they had three and a half or four sacks last night. Yeah, no, you're right about that. They already that. got one of the two. <laughs> hey, hey, we went, we talked all off season, and, and, and two years ago, I mean, O'Shawn Mathis was going to be the answer right out of the portal that ended up going to Nebraska from TCU. It never happened. Yeah. All of a sudden we talked all off season. Who's going to be the other edge opposite Baron Sorrell. Baron Sorrell is the guy. Yeah. You know, and he, he is, he's a solid player, good player for the Longhorns. Uh, he's making himself into NFL guy. Um, but who's going to rush the passer. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden here we go in 2023 and we've got two of them. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I was like hoping one of them would come through. Both of them played really, really well against probably one of the better teams and better offensive lines. They they were they will see. Ethan Berserk. That would be a good one. Uh, that's a nice that's one. Better, that's better than the mechanic for Rod. Thank you. Rod, Rod Thank doesn't you. like the mechanic as a nickname. I don't like the mechanic. Listen, he does play. I, I see it though. I see the description. Because he does, there's a lot of workman like plays where he's just blue collar like plays, even his first sack where he gets cut. And the, matter of fact, um, Binda had one of those in this game yeah. where he got cut, got all the way down to the ground, got up and made the sack. Those that was some, two effort sacks. That's yes. great. 
Yeah. Two efforts in two games. Hey, well, there's one thing about Ben after that play. You knew he he took the bear crawl seriously. That's a bear <laughs> crawl. That's a the old bear crawl football at the end of a practice, right? Or when you get in trouble. That guy Ooh. looked like he had bear claw uh, bear crawled before. Hey, I want to mention boy. this about Ethan Burke. Why do we always say recruit through the whistle and evaluate through the whistle? Why why do Bobby and I like what Sark does in recruiting? Ethan Burke was not on the radar at the start of his senior year. Jelani McDonald and Warren Roberson were not thought about as guys that would be in the last class at, at, in the 23 class at the beginning of their senior year. That's why that's why this staff is recruiting well and developing players well. Ethan Burke right there in front of your eyes. Yep, and about development, I'll give Jerry a lot of credit because, Jerry, you you want pointed out to me, and then I started watching more. They utilize him and weaponize him in a two-point stance a lot of the time. And he's, it's so natural. Usually a guy that big, you're worried about pad level. You're like, man, you got pads low, pads low, low pad level wins. And for him, it's not really an issue because he plays with naturally good pad level. Uh, but his two point, it allows him to see his vision. Yeah. His vision is great. And he kind of plays with great vision with his head up all the time. They love him in the two point. And I think he's, he's better in the two point and in three point. I do too. And the, for the people that haven't heard us talk about this, the reason that is, he was one of the best lacrosse players in the country, and he's one of the tallest lacrosse players yeah. you've ever seen. But so he was all he grew up. His dad is a was a former professional lacrosse player, runs the Austin Westlake and Austin area lacrosse leagues. So he's accustomed to playing off of two feet with his eyes at a higher level, and he's chasing the ball and he's yep. having to redirect, and everything's a body quickness, reactive quickness movement. So it's total opposite of what you think for most guys. He's a tall guy that's very comfortable playing out of a two-point stance because that's the type of athlete he was growing up. Yeah, they even dropped him. They dropped him a couple of times, too. Um, I, I, I really I like the way they use him, though. You, you made a good too. point about that. Yeah. Hey, they dropped him on that two-point conversion. He's the one that ended up up upending uh, Isaiah Bond. Yes, uh, on that, that uh, right. point conversion. Hey, I want to say uh, thank you real quick to our sponsor one more time. That's the guys over at the Cross Oak Group. The Sunday Night Live Stream is brought to you by Cross Oak. It's one of the leading government affairs firms in Texas, specializing in lobbying, political communications, business development, and regulatory compliance. These days, government finds ways to impact nearly every aspect of your business. With decades of experience ranging from the State House to the White House, Cross Oak Group helps its clients hedge risk, and protect and grow their bottom lines. Uh, to learn more, go to www.crossoak.com. Met some of those guys, by the way, uh, Jerry and Rod, over at the tailgate that the Texas One Fund was putting on on uh, Saturday in Tuscaloosa. Uh, good guys to be with and visit with. Uh, make sure you check them out uh, if you get a chance and, and have need of their services. Uh, I want to ask you all this next one. I, I really liked this qu question. And maybe Rod, I've I've rewatched it as well. But uh, after rewatch, which O lineman did you feel had the best game? You want me to try to do that first? Uh, yeah, I mean it's hard because the O line work is a unit, and I usually on my rewatch, just for full disclosure, I got a line rewatch that I have not done. I do okay. one where I kind of watch the DBs and watch the plays and the coverages, and I go do another one because I can't. You know, it's really hard to go watch line and all yeah. together takes a little while. So that's usually on my third rewatch, just a straight up disclosure. I'll probably have better uh, analysis on that uh, tomorrow. But um, I mean, I think as a unit, honestly, it was just remarkable. I'm with Jerry after watching Rice get what three sacks <laughs> and Texas not be. And by the way, shout out to Rice who did the damn thing uh, yeah. against U of H. 
So <laughs> Rice, as we talked about, hey, man, Rice might maybe end up being a damn good football team this year, or at least a, a pretty good football team for Rice standards. Uh, but I, I think everybody was a little concerned that the uh, offensive line would underachieve. And I remember my man E. Hogan bringing it up that he said, you know, I bet they're going one-on-ones. I bet they're going starters versus starters during the week because Sark has talked about, you know, how much – you know, uh, how physical the practices were. And those two days, they really got after it. He didn't actually say what the methodology was uh, for them getting after it during the week. But after week one, to have a physical practice, that's usually, you know, that's 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 usually something that doesn't happen. It happens in the training camp. It doesn't happen during the season, especially after week one, once you're into it. Uh, so Sark was really disappointed in what he saw versus Rice. They, hard, they had hard practices, I'm assuming, Warren's on Warren's. Uh, he came out feeling pretty good about what his offensive line could do because he knows how good Texas defensive line is. And that's the hypothesis. And I believe it is. Um, he came out feeling confident that his game plan would work versus Bama because it worked <laughs> versus the Texas defensive line. I got to tell you, the, the guy that I was impressed with um, that I, I if you would have asked me this in spring training, if I would have answered this against Alabama, y'all would have just both looked at me like I was a fool. I know where you're going. Jake Majors. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Had a tremendous game, guys. Did not allow penetration up the middle. Did not get bullied. I mean, now he, believe me, he had his hands full. But yeah, uh, DJ Campbell and Cole Hudson also both, they they rotated at right guard. They both played well. I mean, they're fighting for a starting job and they're doing it the right way. I'm fighting on the field, right? And that's that's the way this is going to, uh, that's the way you get better. Sark, Sark, I agree with Sark in that regard. If there were any prop bets last night, like what center's going to have more pre-snap penalties, <laughs> everybody would have bet on Texas. Texas, uh, Jake Majors won the pre-snap penalty battle against uh, Seth McLaughlin last night. He was a, a really good player for Alabama. By the way. Made great line calls, clearly. Texas was never out of it on pass rush. Uh, Jake Majors had a – he had a – Adult game. Yes. I think that's a good way to put it. Yes. He played like an adult that he is. All right. Freelance Society with the uh, uh, Super Chat here. Were there any ro- wide receiver rotation? Didn't see Nayor or the play- freshman play much. I didn't either. Uh, I, I, will I, say, I will say this. Jonte Cook on that deep ball yeah. to Xavier yeah. Worthy. He was going like this before the ball was caught. I don't know if yeah. y'all saw that or not. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I did not see any other freshman get in. I did see Casey Kane rotate in some at times, uh, but I didn't see Nayor at all. I thought I saw number nine. Is it was nine? Is that DeAndre Moore? 
there's no nine is uh there's it's it's Nayor and Nayor. Gavin Holmes. I think I saw I, I want to say I saw Nayor out okay. there. Okay, I, I could be I could be off about that. that. You're right, there weren't a lot of deep rotations at wide receiver. I don't think I saw this. I saw John T. Cook out there though. I saw him, but and yeah, yeah, I mean that's a good point. I I don't know if they really rotate a lot of guys. I think they wanted to get their matchups. I think they wanted to 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 make sure they had their matchups the right times, and that's why you saw a lot of the heavy rotations of the front line guys. Gotcha. Hey, Jerry, this one's for you from Steve Sexton. Jerry, try Glenwood's jerky out of St. Anthony, Idaho. It's the best, I promise. Got to give some props to Jake Majors yep. and love the way he called the game for the O-line. That's that's good. Thanks, Steve. We appreciate it. It's, I've been hard on him, and he played his butt off. Th- thank you, Steve. And, and you know, I, just lucky, but I, I wrote on Inside Texas my five players for this game, and Jake Majors was one because I thought the communication, especially loud early in that game, he held the keys. Everybody's like, well, the quarterback's got to play well, and I I get it and I agree, but somebody's got to snap the keys to the quarterback for him to hold it. And and Jake Major's job in that game was to put a experienced but still somewhat young offensive line, DJ Campbell started right guard. They weren't. They didn't play well in the interior last week. He had a huge job in that game, and like you said, Bobby, this was probably the best game he's played at Texas. Hey, tell tell me it's not full circle when Texas is trying to run out the clock and Texas gets the other team, uh, Alabama, to jump on a fourth down. Yeah, a lot of composure on that mm-hmm. offensive line to stick through that. Uh, good stuff uh, there. Uh, all right, Rod, this one's going to be more you from East State. We can also put to bed the questions about Sark's ability to adjust. He just naturally adjusts through layers in the passing game, and now he has a team that can adjust with him. I don't know that Rod's going to necessarily agree with this altogether. What What are your uh, thoughts, Rod? I, I, th- I thought he did a great job that, with the chess match within the game versus Alabama. Um, but I, I, I will say that, and I point this out, and we talked about it uh, early in the show, uh, and Jerry brought it up as well. You know, they, they've been preparing for this game for a long time, like probably six months of preparation, maybe more of preparation. Uh, and, and Sark has familiarity with Nick Saban and that, you know, that staff and, and Kevin Steele a little bit too. So I do think for Sark, there was some kind of built-in advantages. He did it. Listen, Sark's preparation and game plan is some of the best in the country. We saw yeah. that even year one. He came to Texas, and in year two, we saw it even more so. So his preparation game and game planning actually is considered to be elite. Um, the problem we had was with adjustments within the game, right, the counters, anticipating the counters of opposing coaches. So I think in this matchup, he did a great job, but like I said, I think he had a lot of time to prepare and to uh, and t- to come up with creative counters uh, for those adjustments by Nick Saban, somebody he is really familiar with, but football – during the season's a week-to-week game, you got five days to prepare pretty much. They they're student athletes, they got school, they got other things, social lives. They were they were really excited for this game. They performed at a extremely impressively high level. Like that, it was amazing. The execution, the discipline, it was great. So I'm not taking anything away. But in terms of the adjustments, we saw it. But keep in mind, this is a game that they have been game planning for and prepping for for a long time. Look how they look versus rice, because there was no game planning and preparation. There was no schematic or tactical or strategic advantage. He said, go out there and play. Okay. Now they'll have less of that strategic, schematic, tactical advantage versus their next opponent week to week because they won't have six to eight months of preparation. 
They won't spend the three weeks leading up to Bama preparing for Bama. We know yeah. now they didn't prepare for Rice. They didn't give a damn about Rice. And I'm happy they didn't. I said, the time, <laughs> I said at the time, if I'm sorry, I don't prepare for Rice. Why the hell? I'm, I'm going to beat Rice regardless. And y'all going to be mad because I don't beat them and I don't cover the number. But who gives a damn? If I beat Alabama, then all y'all going to be happy and satisfied. <laughs> so I would have used those three weeks to prepare for Bama. And I think he did. And well done, Sark. That's what you're supposed <laughs> hey. to do. Hey, part of part of what I thought he did well, uh, Rod, and, and maybe the biggest thing that I, I thought he did well, and thanks, Bo, for the super chat here, Sark in his bag, Quinn and him went to work. What I thought he did well, guys, is get Quinn going early on the short stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, Quinn is a – it's clear he's a little streaky. Is that is that a fair assessment, guys? Yo, I think he's a little streaky, and you get him going in the right direction with easier throws – the tougher ones, he's got more confidence, throws them with a little more swagger. Just my opinion. Yep. Yeah, so I'm really going to start to judge Quinn a little different after this game moving forward uh, because the one thing I, I'll say is he just now finished a full college season, 12 games. He's played 12 games. Um, half of those were coming off of an injury that was pretty painful and kept him out for three games. I, I I want to see what how, what his progress looks like, and that's kind of where I've been all offseason. You know he's going to be a better quarterback in year two. He's going to have to answer how much. And if it's a lot, he's a first-round pick. He could play like a second or third-round pick and go in the first round because it's his talent level. I am I'm more want to see what the rest of the season holds for him because he's still an inexperienced guy. Yeah, yeah no, he's got he's to learn to adjust, and this is why I thought Rod might go differently, Jerry. Um, he's got to learn how to adjust himself, not just Sark, right, to in-game changes, et cetera. Uh, they, they had clearly game-planned uh, Alabama very, yeah. very well uh, to that point. Uh, hey, Jerry, you saw this. I know you all saw this if, if, if you haven't. Keelan Robinson and Jonte Cook ran up to the Bama recruits after the game yelling, come to Texas. Epic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you knew Jonte Cook would do that. Um, uh, uh, UT boy, Bo, you knew Jonte was going to do that. Keelan Robinson doing that, that was actually pretty funny, considering yeah. he's played at both schools. Yeah, he's probably been in that recruit section before. Let, let's be clear, right? Hey, did y'all get a chance? Hey, we put a post up on Inside Texas. Uh, by the way, make out, make sure you guys check out Inside Texas. We have a special right now, uh, two months for just $1. It's an introductory special for new subscribers only. Uh, please give us a shot. Use the promo code OTFIT. 23. That's OTFIT23. It's two months for $1. Uh, go to InsideTexas.com. The reason I was talking about on, uh, Inside Texas right at that moment, guys, is we have a, a, uh, a fun message board thread up right now that Jerry started this morning. And it's like the aftermath of the game. It includes <laughs> a bunch of, I mean, Rod, there were 200 people in Little Fountain last night. There were parties oh. on West Campus. The, the players came home and spoke to the crowd. Oh man! Mean, As a former player, isn't that what you like? Isn't that what you dreamed about when you went to Texas? I mean, that's kind of like, man, if we get it going here, we could really have something. Yeah, I don't think, like I said, I don't know if we ever shut down West Campus like that. I mean, we won some games, won a lot of games, and pulled some upsets. I'm sure, but I don't know if we ever had a win that big where people were. Were they naked in the fountain or just in the fountain? Uh, I think one of one guy did a half pike. <laughs> like, you know, that's two foot of water. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's how you end up. He probably was a little inebriated. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And he shut down Guadalupe, right? Traffic on Guadalupe, horns honking. I don't 
I can say I don't know if we ever got West Campus that that crunk. So um, I, I feel bad now. I never I, I never shut down West Campus with a big win like that. Drew's, hey. Drew certainly did a few times. Yeah, yeah, he did. Drew did. <laughs> hey, uh, this one's for from Go for Broke, uh, and I think this is a good one for our, uh, our Joe Cook of Inside Texas to ask Sark tomorrow. How much did Paul Christ affect our game plan against Alabama? The third down and long with Brooks up the middle in the fourth quarter final drive. Do you, you see anything different in that play call? It might look a little more like Wisconsin. I, I think that's a good question. A good for question Sark. Sark. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not question. to take anything away from Sark because I, I don't want anybody to think that he didn't have as good an idea or whatever. It's just, I think that would be a, a fair question to ask him in the right context. It is. I, I, I think, you know, I, I give so much credit to Sark, though. I mean, even the first play, right? The first play he comes out, they come out in 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends. They come out in empty formation. They got trips to one side in a bunch with both tight ends and 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 uh, CJ Baxter over there, and both in the t- uh, twins to the other side with two wide receivers. And why is this important? And we talked about it on football theory. We talked about it on on Texas, right? If you want to find out if those cornerbacks are going to travel, uh, if if Bama's got some you know freaky game plan where they're going to try to get Kool Aid matched up on X Man or get Taryn on or Max up on a wide receiver. They did not travel. They didn't. So why would he throw out? He only ran like six, seven plays of empty. Why would he run it? He wanted to see. And he ran it back-to-back plays. He needed to know. He was troubleshooting. The man was troubleshooting. He's like, all right, all right. I'm sure he had multiple game plans ready. Like, oh, they travel. All right, I know what I got to do. If they those corners travel, they put some of those corners inside. If they adjusted my receivers, my top receivers being in the slot. They did. They kept those guys outside. And Sark knew it's time to eat. And the first touchdown to X-Man is him catching Bama in a split coverage. Yeah. Because they were playing uh, quarters to one side. They were playing cover, basically cover two to the other side. And he caught them in that split coverage. How do you know, how do you know they were going to be in split coverage? Because the cornerbacks aren't traveling, so they're not playing man. Oh, man. It was, I was say from the jump, that's, that's, that's vintage Sark. That's just Sark. That's Sark. He's a troubleshooter. And once he finds what he's looking for, you know, he's going to he's gonna attack and exploit it. And it took him a couple of drives. And that's why, you know, saw the quick passing game. That was about Quinn Ewers getting in the rhythm until Sark could really see where and how to exploit them downfield. And I'll give him a lot of credit, man. He didn't leave. He did not. He did. It, when he actually found the weakness, when he found, you know, that he can go downfield, he went three deep passes in a row. Didn't he? He went the deep pass. And it was incomplete. Then he had the double pass deep. That was a pass interference. And he's like, we're going again. I'll give the man credit, man. He 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 believes in his philosophy. He's stubborn about it, and it paid off. Hey, Rod, I'm keeping it here with you because you were a gunner in, in uh, college. And in um, the pros. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse yeah. me. Well, no, don't, I don't want to slight my man here. I, I, I wasn't. Yeah, Jerry Hamilton, I wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> me either, Jerry. I watched it, though. <laughs> hey, uh, this is from Fresh Prince. I think Keaton Crawford's development has been a pleasant surprise. He had an impact last night. Yep. Uh, you know, when I rewatched it this morning, because I was at the game the first half last night, and I couldn't see that play from my vantage point as well as what he did that very first um, punt, uh, when he downed the punt inside the 10. What an athletic play. Then he comes back. He has five tackles on the night last night, Rod and Jerry. Um, now, is he... Jalen Catalan as a uh, coverage guy? No. No. But he's physical against the run. He can't, 
dude, he comes with intentions on everything he does. That's yep. that's the thing. If they can get him, and, and Rod, I know you and, and Jerry agree with this, it's not just add water, instant player. Correct. They have to get going. It takes time. He is athletic. Keaton Crawford is athletic enough to yep. be an NFL player. Okay. He's strong enough. He's got the physical skills, but he doesn't have the experience. And sometimes it takes guys 12 to 15 games. Sometimes it takes them 20 before they're that caliber. Um, if Texas builds depth, like Rob was talking about earlier, I, I think it could be a, a hugely uh, hey, big Rod, 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 for a kid, for a guy like uh, Crawford, you know, Herm Edwards at Under Armour game always would talk about eyes in the secondary. Mm -hmm. Eyes, oh, eyes, eyes. And he would give the kids, the best players in America at our Under Armour game, the speech. Keaton... I, you know, you don't know unless you're coaching him, but you kind of wonder if, if his eyes get a little drifty in coverage to me at times. Yeah. It, it feels like eyes get drifty type of plays because, like Bobby said, his athleticism's off the charts. His He has all the change of direction. He's going to test really well when it comes to combine time. He'll make a roster as a special teams player. But do, or, or can he? does he have the eyes to play? the safety position because you have to have really good eyes. You disciplined eyes. Yes. Right? Can you go go from one key to the next key to the next key and disciplined enough to not let your eyes drift, to stare into the backfield at the quarterback, to yeah. be looking at the wrong thing, the eye candy, letting the eye candy occupy your eyes. You're so right. Coach Aquino would always say, listen, your feet going to go where your eyes go. That's right. Make sure your eyes are in the right place. If your eyes are in the wrong place, your feet going to be in the wrong place and you're going to get beat. And for safeties, you're so right, man. They, they, they have – such a you know a great view of everything, an overall kind of encompassing view of everything that they can essentially you know get lost and get distracted. Got to be disciplined about your keys, and that's a, and at a corner, you know, there I think you got to be disciplined about them too. But at safety, there's so many more opportunities to get distracted with yeah. things, and sure. I'm with you on that. I, I mean, I think he's done a great job though. I, I mean, I remember him at cornerback. All right, he was a corner, and them talking about his speed. He's one of the fastest guys on the team. And I think Sark likes those those con conversions from corner to safety. He had Anthony Cook that they like there because he 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 knows that guy can cover. Yeah, he's like I feel like he's he's good in coverage. I got to teach him how to tackle an open field. We can do that. I think he's confident that those guys can cover. He wants safeties that can cover, and uh, Jaron Thompson can cover. We and obviously that <laughs> in the game he got beat, but that was a hell of a play uh, yeah. by by Alabama. And Jalen Callon can cover. Their safeties can can cover pretty well. Um, and I think that's something that Sark wants as kind of the a mainstay of the defense. All right, guys, we got some uh, questions to get through here. Uh, we got about 15, 10 to 15 more minutes left. Uh, actually, 10, more like 10 minutes here uh, before the Cowboys start. We're, we're graciously trying to abridge ours tonight so fans <laughs> could uh, watch the Cowboys. William Nish, the new clock rule favored Texas last night in the fourth quarter. How impressive was that offensive line, a thing of beauty? You it know, I, I, I agree. The five starters coming back absolutely played a, a enormous role in last night's game. I like that Sark didn't take the bait and throw it with seven minutes left. He said, no, we're going to make them, even if we don't get a first down, we're going to try it. And we've got some plays to, to, to roll out here that makes us, we think, give us a chance. But we're, we're going to roll behind this offensive line and make them come beat us. I, I really... I was impressed by that last night, guys. Hey, uh, here's another one here uh, from Jesse Ullman. Uh, gentlemen, what percentage do you put on the new assistant coaching hires playing a part? 
of last night's win. Now, that means Paul Chris, Payam Sadat, uh, Joe D. Camillus, as well as Jockey Smith. You mentioned him as well, Jerry. Uh, Rod, Jerry, y'all y'all want to hazard a guess, either one of you? I think D. Camillus is huge. Game in, game out. Huge game in, game out. It allows Banks to coach more with his tight ends. It takes a little bit off his plate. Um, but then you combine Jeff Banks and D. Camillus on special teams. And look, I, I, one of the most amazing stats about Texas, the first two games, and especially last night, they didn't have to go after a punt because they felt like they were winning all three phases of the game and they were in control of the game. They didn't have to go. They haven't gone after a punt yet, guys, after two games. And I think that's one of their strengths in special teams is punt block. Yeah. At least it was uh, in Jeff Banks' first two years. Yeah. Totally agree with that. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I did see some different looks by the defense, but you know I, that could have just been PK in his back. Right. Uh, so I don't want to disrespect PK like that. I uh, saw some amoeba fronts from Texas throwing some of the issues. That's something that gave Texas problems on their offensive line. Um, and I'm assuming that PK decided, hey, man, if it's giving Texas offensive line issues, why don't we use it? I saw some of that in the Alabama game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I in terms of the, the Paul Chris tire, that's more about the power running game. I think we'll see that later on in the season. I really do. I think he got it for a specific reason. I won't get into it now because we're talking Texas-Bama. But I think there's a reason Paul Chris is here. And like I said, I, it, it wasn't for necessarily for the Bama game. I think it's for a different reason. I'll talk about that. We'll we'll be here for that, by the yeah. way. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. interested yeah. myself, Rod. Yeah. Hey, speaking of the run game, Rojo and Bijan both got their first TDs of the season this year uh, of the NFL. Already, baby. Good for them. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah. Wasn't gonna take long. Yeah, no, that no, but that's just great. You know what I mean? That's 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 really good stuff. Somebody's well, asking think- if uh somebody has is asking if Dion's gonna be the next coach at AM whenever Jimbo <laughs> loses. I say that's a good question. We'll have to wait and see. I don't think Dion would match at AM. Yeah. Um, hey, this was nah. from Damian Jay. Thoughts on why Inea Nayor didn't play last night or not much. We, we're trying to figure that out. I know we're deep, but he's a monster deep threat. I mean, what are you going to do? Take A.D. Mitchell off the field? Take J.T. Sanders off the field? They wanted to do – Rod mentioned the – I will say this. Rod mentioned the two tight end sets. A lot of it. And they did a lot of that because they liked what they got out of it. Um, I'm going to make a very easy prediction. As easy a prediction as I can make all year. He will play a lot next week, and he'll score next week because they're playing Wyoming. Yeah, there you go. I know it has meaning. Yeah, because Sark, if, if 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 Sark is as close with the players as we think, he's gonna force that one. He's got already got a play designed, ready for Isaiah Day York to score on. Yep. Yeah, I agree with you on that too. No doubt. Yeah, <laughs> you guys, I, are, I, you guys right. are thinking ahead of me on this. Somebody just said De- Deion Sanders to Bama when Nick retires. I have a Ooh. sneaking wondering about that myself. Wow, uh, but we'll see. Whoa, Bobby probably disagrees. Damn, I I, I don't know. I'm not a little, I, I don't know. I've heard, I've heard Dion and Saban are pretty tight. No, interesting. All right, uh, yeah, this one from Jeremy Ryder. Uh, hey, guys, is there any chance y'all would pull an all-nighter for the right situation? I could watch y'all all night. Well, I almost did <laughs> last night. Just just for the record, I got in the house at 3.30, and I woke up at 6.30 to, to shoot a video. So <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just telling you, I, I, I had a long one last night, guys. Yeah. So the answer is, by the way, the answer is yes, I would. Yeah. Hey, I, if, I, I enjoy it that much. I let's do this. Much. Let's make our call right now, Bobby, Rod. Maybe not Rod. Got a kid on the way. Bobby, <laughs> uh, if, if 
Texas makes the playoff and they win the first game, we'll pull an all-nighter. Oh, how about Jerry shaves his head? I like that. <laughs> how about that one? That, that, that happens. I don't know. Other people have brought up D on the university of Florida, which would be the funniest thing of all time. And one of the most shrewd coaching hires of all time. And, he's, and he wants to that. stick it to Florida state. Doesn't he? And he, tries he has to a little bit. He, he has a little way. bit. Yeah. He's talking about how he didn't get his degree from Florida state. Yeah. Right, and I think he's upset. He's not the coach there. DJ, thanks for the thanks for the uh, super chat there. Um, hey, this, let's talk about this one real quick uh, because Ken Ward uh, is asking this. Uh, hook them, guys. Brooks and Baxter, Baxter proved themselves as reliable RBs to me in that game. Completely agree. Um, Baxter was helped to the locker room after the win. It looked like an ankle to most people. We do not know uh, his prognosis at this point, uh, but we have not heard of any other major injuries coming out of this game at this point either. Um, I will tell you that both of them are definitely college running backs. They run through tackles. Uh, the, the third and two that Jonathan Brooks got to the outside guys uh, on, to convert on the last uh, series, he carried a Bama player about a half yard before the sticks. Yeah. Uh, and a, a freshman Jonathan Brooks probably doesn't make that run because he probably gets stopped because he's not strong enough. Jonathan Brooks made that run, and, and I thought he looked really, really good. What What do y'all think of the Longhorn running game right now, and, and those two in particular? Yeah, I think I just want to. I mean, we'll see if we need Seth to be healthy. I mean, that's the one thing. That's two games in a row. Uh, but I thought they did their job. I, you look. I mean, we said at the beginning of this uh, telecast doesn't mean they're or this live stream doesn't mean they're better players, but they had they were more productive against Bama last night on the road than Roshan and Bijan were at home last year. Now, how much of that had to do with Quinn being out that game and the long ball being gone in the late in the first quarter? Possibly, um, because Quinn did stretch that field. But I, I think Ta Texas is happy with their running back. Somebody mentioned in here, Jaden Blue needs more carries. I don't agree with that. I think he more touches in the passing game. He's still not going to be a guy that you're going to hand the ball off to against Alabama. And he's going to make the same yards Jonathan Brooks is. Those tough, you have to have yards in that type of game. If you play Wyoming and you can get him in space, he can eat people alive. Yeah, but that's that's a great point. I totally agree with you. Um, I think Sark's still figuring out the roles of all these different running backs in this running back by committee. But he can use Jaden Blue in a lot of the same ways he uses Keelan Robinson. Obviously, he doesn't have the Keelan Robinson speed, but he does have that burst. And yep. my point is, I, you can tell that Sark designs plays for Keelan. Right, they're specially designed for Keelan's yeah. skill set, not for him to kind of play the traditional role of running back. Um, and I think that he can do that with Jaden Blue. Jaden Blue played though in the game. I mean, Jaden Blue got a chance to play in the game. I thought I saw him in the game too. So it's yeah. and and Sark is still using two two back sets at times, still using some of the twenty one personnel, even though he doesn't have Rojo and Bijan. So he likes that set. He didn't use it a ton, you know, he uses it a little bit sparingly. Uh, but he you know he uses different running backs in that set. Sometimes it's Keelan Robinson and Jonathan Brooks. Sometimes it's you know Jaden Blue he throws in there. So I think there's a there's a place for all those guys in the offense. And I think Sark will figure it out. Uh, this one for Brock Price joined late so I may have missed it. What are the plans with Nayar? We we kind of mentioned that earlier Brock uh, in case you didn't hear it we think that he's going to play a little bit more uh, against uh, Wyoming. Sark just kept the bench light at wide receiver because he wanted to keep, I think, Mitchell and Worthy on the field at exactly. all times. Yeah. Always keep those guys honest. Um, this yep. one from, uh, 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 come on, Matt. 
Nicholas Taz, uh, Tamsma. Uh, how did our fans travel? Oh, this is good. Uh, they Rod and Jerry, I'm here to tell y'all extremely, extremely well. Yep. Um, I was at the Texas One Fund tailgate. I literally, between 300 to 500 people probably walked through there uh, over a two or three hour time period uh, yes. when I was out there. It was outstanding. Uh, the representation of the game was outstanding. A lot of dignitaries. Uh, it was great. I, I thought the t Texas fans traveled. And I will suggest to you, both you and uh, Rob, both you and Jerry, go see a game at Bama one time. I, I, okay, so this is what I heard. You need from, to do it. You need to do it, guys. No, I've heard. No, and I, and I heard a lot of Lohan fans, they they want to make that trip because they thinking just like you, it's a bucket list kind of thing. Alabama, Nick saving the goat. They're still, you know, considered the standard of college football. So Lohan fans kind of made it one of their bucket list trips that they made. So many, in fact, so I, there's a, the, the Tuscaloosa private airport. I heard that it was so much traffic that basically the Tuscaloosa private airport had never seen this much traffic. Usually they allow somewhere between 140 to 150 uh, different planes that could be on the tarmac. So they only allowed like 80 something because the planes were so damn big. Private <laughs> jets were huge. <laughs> so they, they weren't crop, like, they weren't crop dusters. Is that no, what you're saying? Like, oh, we got no space for them. And they, apparently, like they, they were really overwhelmed by the amount of, of private planes that the uh, the Texas fandom brought to Tuscaloosa. Even to the fact that they, they, everybody was rushing out apparently to get out because they weren't letting everybody leave like all night long. They were basically shutting it down after at one a.m. So everybody was trying to get the hell out of there before one a.m. Before they shut the airport down. I heard it was wild. I had some some big boosters, donors, friends of mine who were like, "Hey man, they 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 weren't ready for Texas. They said they had never seen anything like that." Hey, Bobby, <laughs> Bobby, couple things. Somebody's asked a few times, is Baxter hurt? We don't have any news on Cedric Baxter as of tonight on that. And somebody asked any recruiting reactions from players. We have a lot of that at Inside Texas right now. Um, look, I mean, if people are expecting immediate flips on Monday morning, that's not happening. That's not how recruiting works. Uh, these are processes in recruiting. And Texas has been on their A-list guys, whether they're committed to other places or committed to Texas or not committed at all. Uh, so a lot of this stuff will take some time to play out. Obviously, uh, there's no bad phone calls after you beat Alabama. That, that's the one thing I can say. No, everybody's picking up your phone call. I that's a great that. line. That's think, a great line, Jerry. I think Texas is in a good position with some of the guys they've already were already in a good position with. Does it put it over the top or uh, the difference maker? No. Somebody asked in that day and age of NIL, does it really matter? To yeah. a certain extent, but not as much as it used to. It I, does not I, matter as much as it used to, a I, singular win. I will say this, though, as it relates to that, Jerry. And if if it if it, if it's an NIL recruitment, all the the money is the same color. Right. Everybody's money is green, right? Yeah. It does because it makes you more attractive if your offer is the same as somebody else's. Right. They'd rather go to a winner than Damn somebody right. in, that's playing at night on ESPN. Yeah, and, sure. and so, but this year, does it matter? That's the question that Jerry's attempting to answer. And I think he's right. Yeah. Um, I mean, hey, it matters in 2025 with those kids. They just saw something that Texas can sell to them for a while, as long as Texas goes out and does their job. I mean, that's the thing. But I will say this I'll also say this, guys. Texas does need to make hay right now because I don't think Alabama's done losing this year. Oh, yeah, I know. That looks like an offense that's done losing. I think I they, that looked like a nine and three team. Yeah, it did. 
Got it. All right, uh, guys, Texas Life wants to know, who ends the season with more sacks, Ethan Burke or Anthony Hill? Quickly. That's interesting because Anthony Hill is going to play more situationally, but he he may end up playing now just, you know, more on the field. But he plays situationally uh, in passing situations. So I wonder if Ethan Burke will get it more just because he's on the field and has more opportunities as he plays playing more. Yeah, I agree with I think it's I think it's Burke, although, boy, after Ooh. seeing what Anthony Hill could do, uh, I was uh, really, really impressed. I uh, want to go to this one. Clay E., thank you for the super chat. If there's a question attached, Matt, will you bring that up, please? Uh, for us uh, in, a, in a second here. Uh, another one, uh, question coming in. Yes. Uh, this one from Desmond Simeon. Uh, <laughs> is it safe to call A.D. Mitchell a playmaker? The catch he made along the left sideline with the DB draped all of him, all over him was a playmaker catch. You know the agree, best. Agree, agree. Agree. You, you know the best uh, thing you could say about A.D. Mitchell? Nick Saban would call him a playmaker. He saw it at Georgia, and now he saw it at Texas. <laughs> I got plays for I, champions. Hey, hey, Rod. Hey, hey, no pressure, Texas. AD Mitchell's never been on a team that didn't win a national championship. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, I got to. You all saw that catch in the end zone, obviously, in the replay of it. Yeah. A less athletic guy lets that ball drop and hit his knees as he brings it in. You know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. and he's. I don't know how these guys do that stuff. He's smooth, I mean, I, man. <laughs> yeah. He's a, no, that, that catch on the sideline, like the deep one on the sideline to me was just amazing. Kool-Aid's draped over him, and he just goes up over him and kind of mosses him. That guy has great catch radius, and yeah. you can tell his his uh, his physical ability, man, just once the ball's in the air, just is amazing. Yep. Yeah. Uh, for the first time in a long time, I don't feel like we are undermanned. Love viewers not taking the bait from the ESPN reporter after the game. That's from Michael Williams. Uh, guys, you know, he Quinn Ewers had a, had a whale of a game, and how he handled himself in post game from what I saw on the replay of it, it was just it's what needed to be said. He doesn't need to be too high or too low, right? He needs to be proud of what he did. I also watched the post, post game press conference with him, he kind of took it in stride. He was this your highlight of your career? He goes, Maybe so. It, it wasn't, it wasn't this. You know, oh yeah, absolutely. And we did this, that, and the other thing. And it was a it was a little bit different type of confidence than most people do uh, exactly. would uh, do in a in a situation like that. Thanks, Michael, uh, for that one as well. Uh, Rudy Serta, did Bama try stunts on the Texas O line? Rod, yeah. you're shaking your head. They did. Yeah, they tried and they and they blitzed. They came after and blitzed, tried twists and stunts, uh, second level pressures. I was surprised they didn't. Um, you know, kind of throw out a lot of more of the amoeba fronts, but that's not what Nick Saban does. That's not really what his defense does. So, yeah, they tried twisting stunts. It just didn't work. They just and, – and there were times where they actually collapsed the pocket on yeah. Quinn, and he would step up, and he would find space in the pocket. You know what I mean? It was beautiful. He would, like, find a little space in the pocket, just enough to maneuver and get the pass out. It was the, it was a, it was the best game that Sark has called and the best game we've seen Quinn U.S. play. And really? was, it's um, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Rudy, thanks for the super chat. Uh, moving down to the next one, guys. Uh, this one from Benjamin Blackwell. Rod, did you see a lot of three high sets? Was nope. that a worry of yours that those formations were going to give us fits? That's not necessarily something that Saban does. That's nope. more the Iowa State's, uh, potentially the TCU's, right? 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was, you know, I, Rice ran actually a snap or two of it on third down against Texas a couple of times because they had just been watching film. I think going back to how well prepared we we don't respect Rice so much more now after this because they they were a well prepared team, man. They yep. really were. You got to give Mike Bloomin a lot of credit. Uh, it's not something Nick Saban does. I was surprised though he didn't steal it. He didn't take, you know, some of those concepts and just use them against Texas. That's not what he does. And he's obviously one of the best defensive coaches ever. So Texas will see it. Uh, they will see it early and often in Big 12 play. I guarantee you that. All right. Uh, meant to send this. This is DJ. On top of the two, three catches he made and 78 yards and two TDs, A.D. Mitchell drew 30 yards worth of defensive pass interference Good. penalties. Good point, uh-huh. DJ. Right. Nah, that's yeah. true. Because he got the one down the right side on the double pass from Xavier Xavier Worthy, and then yeah. the one to start the fourth quarter on that three play. What ended up being a three play drive, but they got fifteen right. yards of it on the defensive pi. Yeah, good yeah. good call, DJ. Give good, Coach Irwin credit, but Coach uh, Coach Irwin said we got to start getting them pi calls. Yeah, they're getting them pi calls now. <laughs> You get better receivers, that's what happens. <laughs> I mean, when ba- when Bama has to chase you from behind, that's a good thing. Yep, guys. Right. Uh, Kel Ray Photo, uh, it was a beautiful sight to see them run the clock out. Amen. <laughs> Imposing their will to end the game. Why not add NATO and DJ to the mix in those situations? I don't know why. I mean, if it's working, you can't really second guess. Agreed. Yeah. Y- y'all y'all on the same that. spot as me? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And uh, look, I mean, I think you'll see continued more of the rotation, more guy, more snaps for Neto this week probably against Wyoming. I think you're just going to see that rotation kind of build as the season moves along because they're going to have a real rotation. I saw Malik Ogbo get in at that 6-0 line package yep. like twice, maybe like two, maybe twice in the game. That's about it. Got it. All right, uh, guys, we've got uh, – this is going to be it for us tonight. We've got to get going. The The Cowboys, I believe, have just started. I don't have the TV on in my room. I think Rod tries to watch, watch Red Zone a little bit at times. Uh, we <laughs> want to say thank you to the Cross Oak Group, uh, the fellows over there. Uh, they sponsor the Texas football – on Texas football Sunday night live stream each and every week. Uh, Cross Oak is one of the leading government affairs firms in Texas, specializing in lobbying, political communications, business development, and regulatory compliance. These days, government finds ways to find to impact nearly every aspect of your business with decades of experience ranging from the State House to the White House. Cross Oak Group helps its clients hedge risk and protect and grow their bottom lines. To learn more, go to www.crossoakgroup.com. Uh, guys, as we go forward to Wyoming, any thoughts on the Cowboys coming to, coming to town this week? and what Texas needs to do. Rod, Jerry? I'll start first from just a team standpoint. I'm not worried about a letdown. Uh, here's why I'm not worried about a letdown. It's been some, there's been some good timing this year for Sark. Offensive line wasn't as physical as you want, even if you're vanilla against Rice, so it's a great week to coach those guys up headed into Bama. Wyoming beating Texas Tech is huge for Texas this week. And two, the home crowd's not going to let Texas not be up for this this game. It's a night game. The crowd is going to be jacked for this game after beating Bama. There's not going to be a letdown. I, I actually like Texas big in this game, and I think Wyoming's a well-coached football team. Um, they aren't playing Texas Tech this week at home. Yep. A little bit uh, more talent in Austin. And it's going to uh, be down there for those Wyoming guys in the second half, even though it's a night game. It's more than they're used to. Yeah. Uh, no, I just uh, – I mean – 
I, I do think the guys are going to bounce back really well. It's all about handling success now. All right. They ha- haven't had this much success in a long time on the 40 acres. They're ranked in the top five. Uh, so it's about handling success, being mature. It's about the process. And this will be a test for Sark, too. I mean, Sark hadn't been here before. Sark hadn't been there before. Leaders haven't been there before. So I, I can't wait to see how the team responds. I'm with Jerry. I think they're going to respond really well. And you talked about it, Bobby. They built it the right way. Um, Sark, we didn't like the way the five and seven being part of that. But uh, for Sark, that was that was crucial because he had to make sure that, you know, he started the foundation. He built the foundation right. Um, and it looks like right now uh, that this team is, you know, they're, they're, they're a team of substance, right? It's a team that actually went into Alabama, beat Tuscaloosa, not just because, you know, they played a better game, but they played a better game and they were a better team. And they know that now. Now the confidence, too, I think is going to soar with this group, right? We haven't even seen this team be a confident group yet. Rod, I can't wait. Rod, Rod, I so much agree with that. Because if they would have went in with ultimate confidence against Alabama and Xavier Worthy makes that catch, uh, Jonathan Brooks makes that catch, Jalen Ford makes that interception, what's that game look like? Exactly. If they, They went in there thinking they could win. They came out knowing they can win. That's a great point. Yep. Right. So now it's all, it's very different now. No doubt. Absolutely. Good stuff. Uh, so somebody asked about Danny Okoye announcing September 20th. If he doesn't show up in Austin this weekend, he's going OU. Gotcha. All right, guys, this has been an awesome Sunday night live stream. Thank you all so much for joining us. A like and subscribe for the more of the best Longhorn coverage. If you're not watching on Texas football, make sure you check us out at InsideTexas.com each and every day. We've got multiple, I think we did like 12 articles today already uh, about the Longhorns. <laughs> it is the place for your Longhorn uh, football and recruiting news. For Rod, Jerry, and myself, uh, this has been the Sunday Night Live stream presented by Cross Oak Group. Have a good one and hook them. Hook them. <laughs>